Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Finish Strong Friday presented, of course, by DraftKings. And yes, this will be the last show this week. That is coming to you live from a closet in Utah. But uh, the interview with Greg we actually did earlier, so that will not be via the closet in Utah. We will have Greg Cosell here on a Finish Strong Friday. My black eye, those of you that are looking at my black eye and scratched up face on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, I can assure you it is not an April Fool's joke. It's a real black eye. I do have some cuts in my chin, nose, and face. Maybe this is how we get more YouTube subscribers. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Check me out. See what I look like with a black eye. I've been skiing with my family this week in Utah, and I was trying to pass my brother-in-law probably going close to 50 miles an hour if I didn't hit 50 miles an hour. And then I don't know what I hit, but the top of my ski, believe it or not, the tip of it got bent a little bit. I hit something hard and I face planted. I went face first into the mountain. I don't know how my goggles didn't shatter. Thank goodness I was wearing a helmet. So lesson learned for me there to not try to be like I'm 23 again now that I'm 40. I, although I don't even know that that's what it was about, right? I, I don't know what I hit, but I wasn't in control enough. At any rate, hopefully we'll get some more YouTube subscribers out of it. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Or you can really just check it out because I think I posted on a couple of the social media platforms at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Speaking of social media, we got some winners to give out here on a Finish Strong Friday. I want winners. I want people that want to win. I want people like Yuma Cactus. Now, I don't often give away winners to people who don't use their real name on social media, but Yuma Cactus quote tweeted, 
one of the Ross Tucker football podcasts this week at Ross Tucker Pod. I think not even at Ross Tucker NFL. I think it was at Ross Tucker Pod. So you Cactus, send me an email, Ross at Ross Tucker.com. Let me know exactly what you'd like. Sign press pass, picture, card, whatever you want. It is yours. The sponsor confirmation email winner, Tim Walter. I love Tim Walter taking advantage of fantasypoints.com. Use the code 22FEAST. They have some great deals right now to get in early with the incredible content they have at fantasypoints.com. Use the code 22FEAST. You get even more of a discount than the early bird discount they're giving you. So, Tim, let me know what you would like. And then the YouTube shout-out, it is Todd Swihart, S-W-I-H-A-R-T. So, Todd, you just need to go ahead and email me, ross at rosstucker.com. Let me know exactly who you want the cameo-style video shout-out for, and I will get on that, my friend. Very much looking forward to that. Just like I always look forward to talking with Greg Cosell, there's some veteran things we need to talk about, and how about talking about the top three offensive linemen in the draft? It's Big Show time. The Big Show. So this is awesome because we are combining like two of my favorite things. Greg Cosell on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You can check out Greg at Greg Cosell, the NFL Films legend, and offensive lineman. We're going to get into some of the top offensive tackle prospects. There's really three guys that people think might even go in the top 10 that Greg and I will break down in a little bit. Although it's interesting, Greg, last week we were talking about all the quarterback movement and Matt Ryan and Mariota and Jameis Winston and Baker Mayfield. And I, of course, asked you about Tyreek Hill. I feel like the Devontae Adams trade kind of got lost in the shuffle. (laughs) I didn't get a chance to ask you about it last week. It's obviously a really big move. It affects two teams tremendously. So why don't we start with Devontae Adams with the Raiders and just what you see from that fit, what you see with Devontae Adams in Josh McDaniel's offense with Derek Carr. Oh, I think it'll be really, really good. Devontae Adams can line up anywhere in your formation. Uh, he can be your boundary X. He can be a Z. He can be in the slot. He's proven that. He's as good a route runner as there is in the league. Uh, he's very, very good run after catch. He's just a complete receiver, arguably the most complete and best wide receiver in the National Football League. And with Josh McDaniels, who's proven over time that he can incorporate and integrate any kind of receiver into his offense, because think what he did when they got Randy Moss back years ago, and he changed some things clearly to, to uh, maximize what Randy Moss brought to the table. So I think it's a really good fit. They've got other good receivers as well. Um, you know, they obviously have a big-time tight end in Darren Waller, uh, uh, the kind of player that uh, Josh McDaniels has not had in New England um, since Gronk. You know, so it's been a couple of years since he's had that kind of tight end. And, you know, what Hunter Renfro, and I think people need to not be caught up in the idea that, players are now slotted. Oh, he can only play in the slot. NFL pass games have expanded Ross to the point where players are movable pieces. 
think New England, Julian Edelman did not just line up in the slot. He lined up outside quite a bit. So there's a lot of flexibility here with the receivers that the Raiders have. And Adams will fit anywhere because he's such a good player. You know what's interesting to me, Greg? A couple things. One is tremendous amount. You know, obviously they give a first and second round pick and they pay him a huge contract. It's not a very New Englandy type move. You know, you ah. think about Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels coming from the Patriots. It's not a move that Belichick made a lot, you know, um, investing that much in one player and kind of an aging player at that at that position. You know, it, it doesn't seem like Belichick very often was willing to put those kind of resources in. I, I guess I'm curious as to what, if anything, that says to you about McDaniel's view of Adams as a player or the importance of that position. Well, every coach, uh, no matter where they've been and who they've learned from, once they do their own thing, they they have their own points of view. I think you'll see that. I mean, I think you'll see that with Mike McDaniel in Miami. He was he's basically been with Kyle Shanahan for his entire NFL career, and now he has a chance to run his own team. And I'm sure he'll do things that we would say, well, Kyle Shanahan might not do that. I think Josh, who's been through uh, the league once before as a head coach, and obviously it didn't work out the way he had hoped, now is in a different position, and he wants to do things his own way. I think the receiver position is clearly an important position in this league. It's a passing league, um, and you need players to throw it to. And Devontae Adams, as I said, to me, based on tape study, I think he's the best wide receiver in the league. And you're not going to get Devontae Adams in this draft. So they went and they gave up a first-round pick and a second-round pick to get the best receiver in the NFL. You know, one of the things I don't like sometimes about the free agent receiver movement is you wonder, well, he had great rapport with Rodgers because of the time and the rep they had together for years. Now he's, you know, how long will it take to get that with a new quarterback? But Carr and Adams know each other really well. Yeah, You know, from college, which – I think helps. What what about for the Packers, Greg? Obviously, Devontae Adams trade to the Raiders. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who I'm going to ask you about in the Chiefs offense, he signs uh, with Kansas City. What uh, you know? Obviously, we expect the Packers to be very active in the draft when it comes to a receiver. Well, they have to be because they need bodies. They need competition because what they have now they can't line up with. You know, um, Mike Tannenbaum always talks, and I know you know Mike, talks about musts and needs in a draft. And those are two different things. Every team has needs they would love to fill, but if they didn't necessarily fill them, they can still line up and play. But then there are musts where if you don't have it, you literally can't play. And wide receiver is a must for the Packers. And they must draft wide receivers because right now they really can't line up and play with what they have. I mean, obviously they can with Alan Lazard. He's been there. You know, I'm not saying they can't put people out there, but they can't really play with with what they have in any meaningful way. So that is a must for them in this draft. It's always interesting to me because on the one hand, you know, it, it's considered a, a good receiver draft again. On the other hand, you know, they more or less are – telegraphing that they're going to take a receiver, which is always a little bit dangerous, right? Because people can leap in front of you 
for the one you want. The other thing is, Greg, they're not all going to be good, right? Like, let's say there's five, six first-round picks. I guarantee a couple of them aren't. No, of course. Of course. And by the way, receivers tend to be in the eye of the beholder, and they're very often a function of team and scheme adaptability. So different teams will have receivers rated totally differently based on any number of variables. So there's always receivers in drafts, as you know, Ross, because very often we see third, fourth, fifth round picks become quality wideouts. Obviously, there's not a Jamar Chase in this draft, clearly, but there will be receivers who play and play well in the league. Obviously, the key is drafting the right one that fits what you want to do and and you're right. They're not all. Let's say, let's say that you know ten receivers are taken in the top sixty. All ten are not going to be great. We know that. Uh, let's talk about Valdez Scantling, Greg, because uh, you know that actually happened after we spoke last week. It's interesting because he's really fast, just like Tyree Kill. But my perception is that not all fast guys are created equal. There, there's, no. there's different kind of fast guys. Yeah, look, I mean, clearly the Chiefs wanted to get speed because they've got a quarterback that can throw it down the field as well as any quarterback in the league, and they wanted speed. They had lost their speed. So Valdez Scanling, up to this point in his career, has essentially been a one-trick pony. He's been a vertical receiver, and he certainly can run, and he's big. He's about 6'3", 211, so he's a big speed receiver. Um, I remember when he came out, I think he ran a 4'3", 740. Uh, he's never been a volume target up to this point in his career. Now, we'll see how it plays out. Andy Reid's been coaching a long time. He's not likely to change his offense at this point in his career. So Valdez Scantling will fit into this offense. And uh, I'm, the point I made, I'm so curious as to the, the, the target share, because this is an offense that's going to throw the football. And it, it's structured differently than the Packers offense, even though Aaron Rodgers was there and Aaron Rodgers is great. Um, Matt LaFleur kind of believed in running the football. Andy Reid doesn't really take that approach. They throw it a lot. So his, his target share could well go up. I'm curious to see how he is used because essentially he's been a straight-line vertical receiver in Green Bay. Well, the other thing, too, is I'd be very surprised if the Chiefs are done at the receiver position. I would agree with that as well. You know, I think they'll draft one as well. So there's, there's, there's a lot there um, when it comes to – the receiver position. All right, let's get into the offensive line, Greg. And I know we both looked at the top three tackles, all of whom, you know, have a chance to go top 10. There's talk about, in particular, Evan Neal from Alabama and Iki Ikuanu from NC State, you know, being the first, second pick. You know, I wanted to discuss something philosophically with you, Greg, okay. and get your opinion on this. One of the things I learned in college is that you always have to take into account the inherent bias of the person that you're hearing from or you're reading from, right? Like, you know, you think history is history. Then, then you, have, you take a history class that's like, well, that guy was biased as he wrote this history book. You know, he had this slant or that slant. Same with politics or whatever. And so I have a real appreciation for physicality. 
I really like finishers. I really like guys that are punishers. And I think you can make the argument that maybe I overrate them because that's my preference, because that's what I like. That's what the way I think the game should be played. Ultimately, does that mean Aquanu is better than Charles Cross? Not necessarily. You know, they, they both can be good players, and maybe Cross is a more productive player. But I like the physicality, and I, I just think it's interesting. We, I feel like we don't talk about that enough. Coaches have biases. Of scouts course. have biases. Everybody has a belief in things they like and things they think are better, and it's impossible to completely get that out of your head when you're evaluating something. And I would agree with that. I'm, I'm sure I'm exactly the same way. And I'd be more than willing to admit that. And based on what you said, then you're a big fan of Icky because th that guy is a grown man as a run blocker, Ross, as you well know. I mean, this guy is, uh, he has heavy hands. He's got core strength. He generates power. Um, he's, when he gets out uh, outside of the box, he goes after people and he doesn't finish until they're on the ground. Uh, and he relishes that. That's his game. Now, a lot of teams, as you may or may not know, have him valued as a guard, not as a tackle. So it's going to be very interesting. There will be teams that have him as a tackle for sure, and I think it depends on where he's drafted. I mean, we just saw what Jacksonville did. I, they re-signed um, Cam Robinson, who's their left tackle. So if they were to draft Iguano, he would play guard for them more than likely. So it'll be very interesting, but, but he is a – He's as physical and as competitive as there is of the top three. Certainly, he is that guy. Not that he can't pass protect, but his game is built on just competitiveness, power. He's going to beat you. He's He wants to make you give up. Right, which is what I love about him. But I also recognize the NFL game, the amount of passing, the amount of pass blocking, especially if you're a tackle. And so my thoughts on him are, I absolutely would start him at tackle and see how he does it. Yep. I think at times he does not have ideal size or length for a starting tackle in the NFL. But I also think at times people get a little too caught up in that because there are guys that don't have maybe the ideal measurables and they still can do it just fine. You know, they yeah, figured it out technique-wise. Sure. And, and so and, I would and, give him that shot. But what I like about him, Greg, is to me, I don't want to say worst-case scenario, but I'd be stunned if he was not a Pro Bowl guard if he got moved into guard at some point, a la Zach Martin, a la Brandon, Brandon Sheriff. Sheriff. Yeah. Yeah, it's happened with guys. And, you know, look, Big-time guards are getting $15, $20 million. I mean, they're getting a lot of money. Sheriff got a lot of money. So, so that's yeah. an important position. Well, I think there's some some technique issues, which I personally believe are very, very coachable. Uh, you probably know all this being an O-lineman and understanding how things are taught, but there's a big belief in this independent arm theory where you use one arm when you pass protect as opposed to two. So I don't know how he was taught at North Carolina State, but he had a tendency to strike with both arms, and what that did was it, at times it created balance and body control issues because he would lean. 
and that would negate all his power, all his technique. He'd be off balance. I think that's very coachable, Ross. You know, I think he'll be taught the independent arm technique as opposed to reaching with two arms, which cause those balance and body control issues. Well, I'm glad you said that. I had nine offensive line coaches in the NFL. Wide variance yeah. in how good they were at their job. Wide variance in the techniques they used. So I think you're doing yourself and the prospect a disservice if you put too much into, you know, what techniques he's using in college. Right. Because that just might be what he was taught by the NC State O-line coach. Um, What about Evan Neal, Greg? What did you think of him? Now, I really like Evan Neal. Um, Evan Neal clearly has the length, and and I saw him at the combine at the podium. Uh, it, it he looked lean and he's six seven and a half and three thirty seven. Um, to me, he's the best left tackle prospect in this draft class, and I don't fancy myself a, an O line guru, Ross, by any stretch. I, I've just been doing it for a while and talked to a lot of people. Um, but I think that uh, over the last number of years, I would say he's as good as I've seen. The other player coming to my mind would be Laramie Tunsil coming out of college. But I, I really like Evan Neal. He's a very good athlete. He, he's a very good pass protector. He's a different kind of pass protector because he's he's rangier. He's got more range than both Iguanu and Charles Cross. He's a, so he's a different kind of player in terms of pass protection. Um, and normally, normally there are sort of three kinds of pass pro. There's the short set. There's what I guess people call the 45-degree set. And there's the vertical set. And I think he can be very good at all three. And, um, you know, I just, to me, he's, he's got the full package. I watched him in the SEC championship game against Georgia. I was really impressed. Yeah. Really impressed. He has ideal size and length. He is very patient. Yes. He's got long arms and he uses them very well. Uses his hands and arms very well. He has advanced hand usage he's extremely smart you know they would drop the d end at time he comes right back in on the d tackle yep, no one's yep. looping out to him he could sense and feel the twists um he's not as mean as Iquanu. he's not as much of a fish a finisher but he's a plus player in the run game i mean he's Without a question. good run blocker he's not quite as ornery as Iquanu, but I would agree. I don't think he has awesome feet. I think he combines awesome size and length with good feet, which is plenty good enough. Yeah. Um, if you can do that. So I would agree. I think he's the best left tackle prospect. Lastly, Greg, let's get the Charles Cross from Mississippi State. It feels like there is more of a mixed opinion on him. Yeah, I I, I... – you know, you know who Cross reminded me of? I'm talking stylistically. I, again, I don't know where he's going to get drafted or what he'll be exactly in the league. But he kind of reminded me of Tristan Wirfs when I watched Wirfs come out of Iowa. Similar body types. They play more compact and coiled as opposed to long and rangy. You know, and Wirfs is obviously a great right tackle, one of the best in the league. But I wouldn't call Wirfs rangy, would you? No. No, I wouldn't. He's a little bit, uh, you know, he's a little bit more, a little stiffer. He's not, he's not, yeah, I mean, he's, he's not Lane Johnson. 
No, he's correct. He's really good, obviously. But, you know, that's why I use the words compact and coiled. And I think Cross is kind of like that. They have strong, powerful cores. So that results in excellent balance and body control. And they both play with strong, heavy hands that latch on and they minimize movement by pass rushers. So to me, I look at a Cross and then I look at a Neal and, and they play the position totally differently. But I think they're both, you know, obviously we just spoke about Neil, who I like just as you did. I think Cross can certainly play left tackle. And by the way, I think the delineation between left tackle and right tackle each and every year is just minimal because of what defenses do and where pass rushers now come from. So I just don't think that that delineation has that much meaning anymore. And I think people just throw it out there without really thinking about it. But I really like Cross's game. I mean, I think he repeats his mechanics snap after snap really efficiently, and I just like the way he played. So I watched him against Alabama, and my first thought is, Greg, I cannot believe that Will Anderson from Alabama is not allowed to go to the NFL draft. (laughs) I I cannot believe that that guy – I mean, Greg – You've got to be kidding me. That I mean, he, he he destroyed the entire first half of that game. Now, he was over the right tackle. He was oh, not wow. over cross. Yeah. But you know how you know a guy's good? When you're watching the left tackle, and that's who you're studying, but a guy rushing over the other side just keeps popping up and popping up and popping up and popping up. You know, I know Cross has this reputation as a really good pass blocker. I thought he got... Uh, I thought he's pretty good feet, but I don't know. He got in some kind of awkward body positions, almost reminded me a little bit of some of the body positions Eric Flowers got in well, coming out of Miami. Good, that were that's not a good comparison, Ross, because Flowers couldn't play tackle in the NFL. Right, I know, yeah. and and I, 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 you know, I think he had a hold or two against Alabama. I'm not sure about him. I get I got to watch more on Cross, but he was definitely third. Um, out of these three guys for me. His name is Greg Cosell, at Greg Cosell on Twitter. We'll get into the defense starting next week. It is April, and the draft will be here before you know it. Other than that, uh, Greg, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Talk to you next week. It's also April, which means Mother's Day is next month which means everyone needs to strongly consider myfrontpagestory.com for the greatest Mother's Day gift ever, whether it's your spouse or your mom. And I've got experience with this. You give them a framed story written about them. They won't even know what it is at first. They'll be like, what what did you get me? What is this? And when you tell them you had a story written about them, They will be absolutely blown away. Didn't even know about the concept. Then when they see the pictures, it looks like it's framed, it's on the cover of the newspaper, and they start to read some of your quotes, they're going to cry. I'm just telling you. When you just say, man, my mom made me the person I am today, she, she will cry. Or if you say, I don't tell my wife enough how much I appreciate all the things she does for the kids. She's such an awesome mom. She will cry myfrontpagestory.com she will cry you will win myfrontpagestory.com and you might get a chance to win the sponsor confirmation email winner 
Get one of these awesome press passes or cards or pictures. Ducks takes. Hey, Ross, good morning. Let's start today in Tampa, where Bruce Arians retires to move into the front office. Todd Bowles becomes the new head coach for the Bucks. Kind of feels awkward timing, right? I'm going to take everything at face value, but on one level, I feel like Brady had to know this when he was coming back, right? Now, Arian says that, you know, he made the decision after Brady came back because he wanted to give the, the job to Todd Bowles in a good position, right? He, he Succession was important to him. And look, we just had Connie Carberg, who was amazing, by the way, on Wednesday's show, talking about everything that Bruce Arians has done for women in football, for minorities in football. So I totally believe that this was Arians' goal the whole time. But I also find it hard to believe that Brady would say he's coming back not knowing this, right? I mean, like, I, I think he had to have some inkling that this is going to happen. It kind of feels like all this stuff happened in conjunction, that maybe they discussed it. Because I can't imagine that Brady's like, I'm coming back, and then – you know, then they tell him Arians is retiring. I think he had to know when he made that decision. Ducks takes. Linebacker Bobby Wagner signs a five-year, $50 million deal to stay in the NFC West, this time with the Rams. You know, I, I have seen one thing I think the Rams have an advantage of. Guys want to be in L.A. You know, I think Bobby Wagner is still a very good player. I think they'll get at least two really good years out of him. Obviously not good for the Seahawks that he stays in division. I know the Rams are the Super Bowl champs. That obviously helps tremendously. But guys want to live in L.A. Now, Bobby's a little different. Bobby's from L.A., which obviously makes a difference. But guys want to live there. And, you know, it's hard to blame them. A lot of people in life want to live in Los Angeles. The weather's lovely. There's a lot of opportunity there. So hard to blame some of these guys that are going there. Odell Beckham Jr. clearly wanted to live there. Bobby Wagner clearly wanted to be there. So they got a little bit of an advantage there for sure. Chargers and the Rams. Ducks takes. Jaguar signed Ed Rusher Arden Key and the Vikings re-signed Patrick Peterson. So Arden Key had a really nice year for the Niners coming off the edge. He's a guy that Greg would mention quite a bit. Greg was often talking about Arden Key and the job he was doing as well as uh, DJ Jones. I mean, the, the, the Niners had some enviable depth along the defensive line that they're going to have to draft some guys because they lost Jones, the D-tackle, they lose Key. That was part of, I think, why they were able to make the run they did and why they were successful the way they were. As for Patrick Peterson, I, I just don't think he had very many other places to go. I don't know how much money he got, but I thought that made sense for him to go back to Minnesota. They kind of need a corner, and I don't know that there were that many people that were that excited to try to get Patrick Peterson. Ducks takes. Former Saints and Eagles safety Malcolm Jenkins has decided to hang it up after 13 years in the NFL. What an awesome career, um, and what an awesome guy. He is extremely impressive. I remember after his rookie year, I was the moderator of a panel he was on at the Rookie Symposium. I remember it was Malcolm, Chris Long. I'm not sure I remember the other guys that were on the panel, but he was very impressive. 
really, really impressive. He, he hardly ever missed a snap. I mean, the durability, the toughness, the leadership, the versatility to play nickel, to play safety, of course, played corner in college. Just a terrific, exactly what you draw up when you draft the guy, like you drafted Malcolm Jenkins high in the first round, exactly what you draw up when you sign him as a veteran free agent. I mean, he, he is just what the doctor ordered. Ducks takes. And finally, let's talk a little bit about the Washington Commander's congressional investigation as it now turns to potential financial improprieties. Yeah, there was a report from front office sports, um, A.J. Perez, that the congressional committee might be looking into, you know, the existence of multiple books for the team. I, I don't know. I mean, might be looking into seems like a pretty loose thing at this point. However, the negativity just never leaves this team. And it's why they've had such of an, an erosion of the fan base. It's really disappointing as a former player there. But that's where they're at. I mean, that that's the reality. So we'll see. I mean, the more stuff comes out, the more you think maybe at some point the NFL could step in here and force Snyder to own the team. But I, I don't know how many other owners would, would back that because they don't want that to ever happen to them someday. Shoutouts, by the way, Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, and Evergreen Economics. We love all of our patrons. Patreon.com slash RT Media. Especially, of course, the I Think We're Done Here members to get a shout-out for their biz at the end of every show, which is our way to support what you guys are doing. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 